Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Kowal. Gary, we're back. Episode 48. Getting close to 50. Getting close to 50. I still don't have a dynamite number 50 guest. We'll get one. I have a good idea. It's just going to come at one point and you're just going to know. Yeah, but um, I don't know. So we're we're counting down like basically two weeks. But uh, I'm excited for today's guest. We just came off of like a huge week and we'll talk more about Giving Day. Obviously, we prompted it a little bit uh, heading into our last interview with MK George. Um, Giving Day was awesome. Huge success pounded last year's numbers uh football raised like thirty five thousand dollars 247 gifts uh men's across had an amazing amount of alumni gifts uh and young alum and, and i think senior gifts too which is awesome um and a lot of other programs did really really well matching gifts we had a lot of we had some uh i, I guess i can't even say this but we had some like secret gifts i guess i can't say this Anonymous, said it so. yeah, it's already been said. Um, but anonymous gifts, which is really awesome too. I mean, I, you know, I think I don't know. I, I don't have any money really, but no. if I did, I, I think I would want credit for it. You're a big credit guy. I'm not a big credit guy. Not really like that, but the nature of our job is not to take credit. Exactly, but you, I know you want your name out there. Yeah, you're really. giving out big cash. If I'm writing a five figure check for like, I want people to know. But yeah, that's maybe you want why people I don't to have money to know. And respect you. Yeah. Or at least just be like, hey, thank you. Yeah. But anyway, hey, sticking with Lax, I'm excited about today's guest. Uh, it's been a while since we had a men's lacrosse player on. Um, had, a, had a crazy game last week uh, against Stony Brook. We're, we're in the CA now, which is like if you don't follow men's lacrosse, uh, probably the top mid-major lacrosse league. Uh, it seems like every week is just is just a battle. Um, so we're excited to welcome in uh, local product defenseman senior Tom Gray. Happy to be here. Thanks, man. Pre- appreciate you taking time. Um, we're recording this on, uh, I guess today's Thursday. Yeah, it's Buffalo Chicken Day at Brennan's. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a sponsor yeah. anymore, so don't eat there unless <laughs> you love the Buffalo Chicken. They used to be a sponsor. Uh, but... We're really just pressuring Tom to get this done because he's got class at, or he's got practice from one to four. Um, so we really appreciate him taking the time, man. It's a, it's a game week. Uh, so thank you, thank you very much. No problem, no problem. It's a pretty good excuse to miss a little bit of the warm up. So I'm not I'm not too I'm not I'm not too mad. Coach about Fisher, it. we did yeah. not tell him to say that. Yeah, Coach Fisher, <laughs> not uh, tell him to say that. that was not authorized. He he will be out of here in enough yes. time to get changed. Yeah, Mike will help. Mike. He will be at the warm ups. <laughs> Mike, I'm telling you. Seriously though, uh, no, we do appreciate it. Uh, we, we we say it all the time how insanely busy student athletes are. Uh, and you know, I was explaining to someone the other day that, you know, it's, I, I think even people who know athletics, the perception like 30 years ago was, well, 
once you're out of your season, like you kind of get a couple month break, but really for you guys, there, there is no break. Um, this is your fourth year, your senior season. Uh, you've, you've seen this team win championships and now into a whole new league. Like what has been your experience? And, and you still have, I think you guys have like seven games left. Uh, what has been your experience so far in this Monmouth program? So for me, I'm a local guy. I went to a local high school, grew up in Monmouth County, never really left for any long extended period of time. So for me, it's been it's been nice being close to home, can go home and grab a sandwich. So it's never never too far away from my family. But, um, you know, I've had a unique experience, I feel like, because freshman year uh, we had COVID and that kind of cut the season short. So you kind of got a real glimpse of, you know, this could be over at a blink of an eye. You saw the seniors kind of get really upset about that. And that was like a real eye opening experience. And then sophomore year, obviously we won a Mac championships. So that was, that was great. That was one of the most fun times of my life. And, you know, getting to go down and play in the NCAA tournament was really cool too. Then after that, um, last year was a bit of a bumpy ride, but it was something that was a good growing year. Cause we had a lot of young guys and same with this year where it's, we have a lot of young guys in the team and I feel like it's, you know, an upward trajectory. So it's really, it's really cool to be, you know, part of the first team in the CAA and that's definitely something that, um, you know, I can, like, my grade can hang their hats on being like we're the first senior class in the CAA. So that's, that's a really cool thing. I think we've talked to a lot of athletes this year um, and into last year when we announced the move. And I think it's good to, to and I don't want to sound like a repetitive and we ask everybody the same question, but I think for our fan base and our listeners and people that follow Monmouth Athletics to kind of get a feel for all the different sports, like, the CA is really strong administratively, and it's a really strong league. But I think some sports, it's a little different than others. And I think men's lacrosse is one of its stronger sports. What is the biggest difference? What is the biggest jump that you've noticed from playing in in the MAC to playing in the CAA? I'd probably say the contact definitely is a, is a big difference. It's uh, the refs call it a little bit differently, I think. In the MAC, if you if you really hit somebody, you're going to get a, you know, a big flag for it in the CAA. Maybe they'll let it slide a little bit. And I mean, I love doing that, so that's that's definitely a plus for me, and <laughs> I, I've really enjoyed that this year. But um, other than that, definitely the competition. Coach Fisher calls it the Thunderdome, and that's kind of what it's known as, I think, amongst the coaches. So that's something that it's definitely been prevalent. Like this weekend showed. I mean, if you're not on your game for four quarters, it's gonna it's you know you're gonna end up with an L, and you gotta really fight for you know every time you're out there. So you you think the CAA is more? We've talked to some coaches. Some coaches say no, the physicality is about the same, but the speed is different. Mm-hmm. You think in men's lacrosse, it's more the physicality is a lot higher level. I'd probably say the athletes are better, if that makes any sense. I'd say that the MAC, there are a lot of skilled guys. And, you know, no offense to anybody in that league, it's definitely a tough league. But I think that once you get to the CAA, it's just you're not facing guys who don't hit the weight room. Like everybody's you know sizable and everybody's you know got weight on them and can you know put a lot of power behind the ball. What? So you referenced last weekend and, and not playing four quarters, and, and I feel like it's partially my fault. I was late getting to the game because I had to deal with a family thing, and uh, I came upstairs and I got to the top of the elevator. The press box was pouring out. It was windy. Just a miserable game to spectate, I'm sure. And we had some decent, you know, our, our parents stuck it out and our mm-hmm. fans stuck it out. Uh, and I look out the scoreboard out of the, out of the one window, and, and we're up, I think, five to two. Yeah, I'm like, this is awesome like you know we're gonna stony brook long island like lacrosse like this is gonna be like a now it was first quarter mm-hmm. marquee win and then and then it kind of it was a really really good game and they kind of really pulled away a little bit late there uh you know what kind of you're a senior leader like what kind of what was the message after that game was over to the team 
the message was kind of, you know, we just got to string together four quarters. I mean, if we play like we did in those first couple minutes, because we went up on a, you know, 5-0, you know, run right at the beginning. So if we just play like that the entire game and, you know, stay locked in, I mean, obviously the weather conditions do factor in. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say they don't, but mm-hmm. we got to definitely play through that. And, you know, because, you know, lacrosse played outside, we got to deal with stuff like that. So we definitely got to play, you know, together for four quarters and just play, you know, a smart game because, you know, in the CAA, you're not gonna you're not gonna slide out with a win like that. That's something that maybe you could have gotten away with in the MAC, but not in the CAA. Right, you got to finish. Yep. We talk, Greg just mentioned it. Uh, while I think probably not even thinking about it when you mentioned Stony Brook, like Old Long Island and Long Island Lacrosse, and that's all you hear about, right? Um, and there's two teams in our league from from Long Island, Hofstrand and Stony Brook. Is that um, something you look at like when, when you play those teams it's like everybody thinks you know xyz about these kids because they're from long island mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be such a lacrosse you know hot spot like like i want to you know i want to beat these kids because i want to show them that we are as good as as you know they are we're in the same league all that kind of thing you know so i think like the first Ma- uh first mama team in the mac kind of had a similar attitude towards that they were kind of like the new guys to the league new to division one so they kind of had that attitude like we want to you know beat these guys and show that we're, we belong here and I think that we have that same attitude coming in the CAA where it's we're playing programs that have, you know, history behind it. We're a young program, so we don't necessarily have that, you know, history and depth like when it comes to records. So it's a unique thing, and it's definitely fun to play teams that have those, like, storied names. Like, I think Delaware just came up on, like, 100-something years of lacrosse or something like that. Right. So right. We've so, come up on 10. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, I don't even think we've gotten into double digits or yeah. something. So for us, it's – it's definitely nice to go in there and have, you know, less expectations, but expectations that we put on ourselves that, you know, we want to come out with it there with a win. And it's, it's nice to be in that situation rather than, you know, having all the pressure on you. Right. Uh, how, I don't know, I'm trying to word this the right way. How, ex, how, ex, how exciting is it to, to, I mean, like there's a certain amount of validation by saying you're CA lacrosse player, mm-hmm. right? Like, and you know, when we made, you know, we're in the MAC, like yeah, Mac, Mac is a Division One. There's some very good lacrosse teams. We had some awesome battles with, with those teams, but mm. now it's a little bit more. Like now it's like, oh, oh, wait a minute, you guys are playing Towson this week. Yeah. Oh, you're playing Delaware this week. Oh, you got to play Hofstra. Like, so is it as the attitude of the chain of the team changed a little bit? Like, hey, now we're I don't want to say we're in the big boy leagues because you know I'm not crapping on the MAC at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. But like, it's a whole different you know ball game now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, when we made the move, we talked about. Okay, we know football is going to be battling, but we've beaten CAA teams before. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew basketball was going to struggle a little bit, and then all of a sudden the women's team goes on this great run or whatever. You know, track and field is going to be competitive. Our soccer teams are, but we said, you know, lacrosse is a big jump. It's probably the biggest jump on the men and the women's side. Um, were, you, were you guys excited about that? And 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 like you said, you like you're ready to rise to the challenge. Definitely, I think for for us, I mean, it, we, I've seen it in practice. It's you know, it's a different atmosphere when something goes wrong. When it used to be, I think sometimes we'd be like, oh, all right, like that, we should do better on that. But, you know, we can kind of get away with that. Where it's now like that we can't, that like the standard's a lot higher and the, the bar is set a lot higher. And that's, you know, it's being a leader and being like a senior and that definitely helps. And we have great leaderships like Ryan and, you know, Cade and all the upperclassmen have been doing a great job with that. And you can just kind of see it in like their demeanors, like, that's not acceptable anymore. And it's something that, I mean, I enjoy and like, it's good that I'm a senior. I'm glad I'm not a freshman having to be held to that standard. <laughs> but, um, cause they're making a lot more it, mistakes. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we have a lot of young guys and, you know, a credit to them. They've really stepped it up. And I like, I don't think I could be playing this high of a level as a freshman, as some of the freshmen we have. And it's, it's something that that's great to be, you know, just a part of that whole change. You 
you're a shore guy, right? You're 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 a he's a CBA guy. CBA guy. Take local. that as you will. <laughs> I have listen. I'm not from the area. I'm the only yeah. one in this room not from the area. Okay. So so I can you know I'm, I'm neutral on that. Plus my guy Steve Bazaz works at CBA. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So. Uh, he was my gym teacher my junior year, so I know yeah, Coach there you go. The best. <laughs> there you go. Coach Pizzazz. Saw him last night. He was awesome. He's wonderful. Love him. Oh, he's wearing the CAA shirt. Uh, no, CBA shirt. CBA shirt, yeah. Um, he had the Colts shirt on or whatever it he is. He did, yeah. Got to rep the brand. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, so I have a little soft spot for, for CBA just because Steve. Um, but around the shore, um, and we just, we've obviously gone pretty in-depth on the CAA, but do, do you see um, more top-level lacrosse players maybe choosing – your path to stay home because of now the, this major level of lacrosse that we're playing? So for me, it's it's nice to see the shore kind of change from a lacrosse perspective. When I grew up, there were very few youth programs going around, and now I coach youth programs, and, you know, the level of coaching is through the roof. Like these kids are learning things that I didn't learn until my freshman year of college or senior year of high school where these kids are learning it so much younger. So I think the products are getting so much better out here. And – it's really good to see because, like, when we have a game here, like, all, like, the little kids in the stands watching lacrosse, and it's funny because, like, I'll be coaching a kid, and he'll have, like, he'll be like, oh, I screwed up on this. And I'm like, yeah, you did, but, like, I didn't know you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, like, a really cool thing. So when you see high schoolers, like, I know um, my buddy Connor McCray on the team, his younger brother Ian is coming here next year. So he's from another CBA guy. So it's it's cool to see a lot of local products coming here. And Terrence Lacewell, he's another local guy from, from the area. So it's – it's definitely cool. It's like a family atmosphere. It's kind of nice being one of the locals when, you know, the guys from California or the guys from Colorado are looking for good spots to go to. You kind of have all the ins and outs of the area. Yeah, and I think that's a crazy – like, that's a pretty – I think it's a pretty unique portion. Like, not all of our teams recruit nationally like that, mm-hmm. uh, but lacrosse you definitely do, and I've had conversations with Coach Fisher about that. Um, you, you got guys from California, you got guys from Colorado, and we signed more guys from Colorado, which I didn't even know was like a lacrosse area. I guess it's like coming up and coming. Uh, we're getting some good guys from there, so I, I guess it is up and coming, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and this is two weeks in a row, completely unintentionally, that we've had Shore Conference athletes on listen, the show. Cover up the Shore. Yeah, I'll, listen, you're not telling me. I, I grew up here. Like, I love the Shore. Um, but we, it's just unintentional, and it's mm. great to see that some of our best athletes are – homegrown and that's what you got to take care right you have to take care of your own you know you grow you know coach callahan our, our football coach always says right you, you start with the shore and then you grow out to new jersey and mm-hmm. then you grow out from there um i just think it's awesome to see that because there's 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 a bunch of guys on your team from the shore and um is there a little bit of stuff there where like you're trying to rep jersey versus the guys from long island or maryland or so yeah i think that there are definitely different styles of lacrosse and i think what, what at least the short kids I'm used to is just kind of like be an athlete first, lacrosse second. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, you gotta get a lot of that trained out of you once you get to college, <laughs> but um, it's definitely unique and it's, it's fun. Cause when other guys are talking about their States and stuff, I'm like, dude, you came here to play. Like that's <laughs> true. you chose this area. So it's, it's like, I, I don't know if I could live in a state where I couldn't get a pork roll, egg and cheese in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> boom, and he called a pork roll. That's how you know yeah, he's a it's, short it's guy. It's definitely not Taylor. Hamm, it's not but, Taylor uh, <laughs> I grew up up North too. And I still roll a pork roll. Well, yeah. I mean, it says it on the front. Of, Taylor is the brand. Exactly. The best uh, argument I give is like it's like calling a crayon a Crayola. It's it's yeah, not the right, same. Yeah. It's not the right. same it's thing. Not the same. Right. Xerox. People yeah, that exactly. uh, if anybody's listening that I grew up with, they will not uh, appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> what is North Jersey now? Uh, it's like here's my last example. Did you ever see when people argue about which way the toilet paper should be on a dispenser, and then someone digs up the patent, and it literally shows you that the the 
paper should be going forward like a waterfall, okay. not underneath. That's the Never way I thought about that my entire life. Neither have I. But people <laughs> argue about this. So people argue. It's like a pork roll thing. People argue about that. I guess I'm on an island. But somebody will find the picture of the patent, and it's like, no, here's the patent. I can't believe pat- somebody patented a toilet paper roll. Like, what did everybody else do all those, all those years? Just throw it on the ground? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, back to lacrosse. Uh, here's like a kind of a team-centric question. You're a defender. Who... Um, I've, the only reason why I'm asking you this is because I ask my son this sometimes because okay. he plays across. He's a football player who plays across. Okay. He would hate if I said that. Okay. Um, but that's what he looks like. To me. <laughs> um, who's the toughest guy? Who, who's the toughest guy to, to have one-on-one as a defender on our team right now? To guard? Yep. Um, probably say Cade Stratton if I had to pick anybody. I think he's got the most in his bag where sometimes you'll be guarding him and he'll just kind of pull something out of nowhere and you're just like, dude, I thought I was in a good spot there. <laughs> that, that, that's probably the, the most frustrating part about guarding him. And he's, you know, been here for a long time. He's got a lot of experience. So it's something I like to joke with him about that sometimes. Right. Being like, oh man, like you could be my dad. It doesn't count or something <laughs> like that. So I, I like, I like joking him with him with, about that, but I'd probably say he's the hardest guy to guard. Yeah. I seen, uh, I, I seen, wow, that's great English. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of young guys last few games kind of chipping in, mm-hmm. especially on the offensive end. Um, who are some of those guys that if I, you know, if I'm turning on Mammoth football or Mammoth lacrosse, <laughs> I'm looking at the football plaques. <laughs> if I turn on Mammoth lacrosse for the first time, um, who are some young guys that you'd say like these guys in three years, everybody's going to be talking about them. Uh, Ty calf from California. He's definitely got that, you know, that, He's got that juice to him where he's playing with it, where he's nipping a corner. He's coming off of a dodge and he's playing like a veteran. And that, like, like I alluded to before, these freshmen have really stepped up in those roles. And another guy, Ryan O'Rourke, he's a Long Island guy. So he's definitely got that, you know, that heritage mm-hmm. to him. So he, uh, he's been obviously been coached well and he, he knows what he's doing out there. He was a little banged up in the fall. So when he came out for the spring and really started, you know, making plays, I really was like, wow, like this kid's a lot better than, you know, I thought he was in the fall when he was hurt. So between him and Ty Calf, it's really it's really impressive to watch those guys go out there and just see them ball out as freshmen. Got to ask about um, a coach who's been here, I, I believe, and I, I'm 99.9% sure about this, has been here the entirety of the time mm-hmm. with Coach Fisher. Um, but but as a defender playing playing for Coach Geeson, um, gets a lot of um, a lot of praise around here for mm-hmm. for how well we've been defensively and how, how strong we've been. Won a couple championships. Um, What's it like playing playing for uh, for a guy like Coach Geeson who's considered, you know, a, a top defensive guy? Uh, I'd say it's probably it's an analytical perspective. You're getting like a PhD in lacrosse. I like to say. <laughs> I think I think sometimes when like I go in for a job interview, I want to be like, listen, like I have a master's degree in defense. Like I just, I feel like I want to throw that in there sometimes. I mean, Coach Geeson would probably say I've failed some of those classes, but I I um I definitely feel like he's like a very great lacrosse mind when it comes to defensive end and. You know, sometimes when we're out there, I mean, he see things. He sees things so quickly, so it's it's great to have that in your back pocket. And it's kind of comforting knowing that you know if you screw something up, it's not like we're sitting there wondering what happened. Like he knows what happened, so it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's comforting knowing even in practice or stuff like that. Like you know that he got the scout right. You know he knows the other team's personnel, and it's 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 holding the standard to a certain level. That's you know that's fun to play for. You mentioned last year winning a MAC championship. That was the second in program's history. Uh, and then you go down and play UNC, mm-hmm. um, and we were working a baseball game that day. I remember because you put it up on the monitor mm-hmm. inside, which was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, that game didn't go as planned, mm-hmm. um, but they were really, really good. But mm-hmm. what was that whole experience for you like? Just, just 
past all right you win the MAC championship now you're sitting down and you're watching the selection show mm-hmm. you find out you're going to UNC like that from from there on like w- what was that like um I'd probably say it was like it was kind of like a crazy experience it, it felt like everything happened within like a day it felt like we won the MAC and then we were like in North Carolina like it was just that time frame in between felt like like 10 seconds and um, when we went down there, I felt I like I made the joke. It was like playing lacrosse in Disney World because everything was like so pristine. Everything was so clean. And when we went down on the field, we we're all like we saw like the groundskeepers working on like every blade of grass it seemed like. And we were like, we we're like, wow, this is like this is the big time. And it didn't really hit me until like right before the game when they put their like NCAA like tournament like hype video on. And it wasn't just for like UNC. It was like for us too. Mm-hmm. And that was probably like the most eye-opening experience. Like, whoa, like we're playing in the NCAA tournament. Like, wow, this is really cool. And I mean, it was just, it was like a fun experience and like something like I'll never forget being able to just, you know, go down there and just like having that like sli- like solidified view of like we belong here. Like this is like, this is the standard now. Like we should be trying to get here every single year. It's awesome. And it, like I said, it wasn't, didn't exactly end the way we had wanted it, mm-hmm. but I remember just watching it. And, and it's funny you bring up like the grounds crew, like their field is is legit. Like yeah, grass looked perfectly manicured. It was a beautiful day out. It was yep. like it was as sunny as it is today. Yeah, um, this is a podcast, so it doesn't make much sense. But <laughs> um, it's like talking about the weather on the radio. But it's pretty much what you just did. <laughs> sure, um, I'm having a bang up day today. Yeah, you listen. You need to get a little lunch in. <laughs> Get yourself back to neutral. Yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> it's opening day. It's a beautiful day. I know. We talked um, about that, too. Tom, I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble. Okay. For, um, but, but no, I'll, no, I'll, it's I'll not bad. I, I don't, don't want to. No, I don't. I don't here, here comes the curveball. I don't want, I don't want you to, to do something in a game and the coach turn around and be like, well, okay, I had to bring it up. But as a defender, you've been here for four years. Mm-hmm. What would it mean to you to score a goal? Um, so, interesting question. I've had four shots this year. All Two of them missed. Uh, no, I'm sorry. One missed. Three saves. Some of so you're them. Close. You're right there. So I. So that's. I'm the person to ask about that. I've been screaming on the sidelines after those multiple times. That would mean. <laughs> that would mean a lot to me to get that because I mean. Um, I I've been trying <laughs> and this is the first year I said I probably had opportunities to score, and if you told me at the beginning of the season, dude, you got to work on your shot, I'd probably be like, there's a lot other stuff I need to focus <laughs> on before that. So. Um, that for me to score, I you'll see me losing my mind if I if I put one in the back of that. <laughs> so uh, were those all? They're obviously all in transition opportunities. Yeah, all kind of opportunities I did not think I'd be in, and uh, one of them against Villanova, Cade kind of gave me the ball and it hit off the ground, and I just turned and just shot as hard as I could, and it just went on Cage, and he made a ridiculous save. And I came over <laughs> to the sideline, and I was just like. All right, I guess it's not going today. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing you can do about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, what is kind of the – is there some kind of unwritten rule or what? what is the instruction there? Like, hey, you know, whatever, we get a defensive stop or, you, or you, you know, you cause a turnover and get the ball. What is the instruct, instruction there? Like, do some guys have a green light to kind of take what you can take? Are some guys like, hey, you have to find somebody else to handle the ball, <laughs> like, as soon as you can? Um. I'm not sure what my coaches would say to that question, but um, me, myself, I guess my mindset's like, if I don't score, I'm probably going to get yelled at. And if I do score, nobody's going to say anything. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm really trying to get it in there and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that, that, I mean, that's something we're going to be looking I just, for. I just don't want coach to turn around next week. And be like, 
Well, you guys had the podcast and Tom took nine shots against, <laughs> against Austria this week. Every, no, I, every single one of our transition plays ended with a Tommy Gray shot. Launching from half, uh, from midfield. Um, yeah, if you say, see me take more than one shot in the game, I'll probably be running at practice. So I think I get one opportunity a game. Fair enough. Fair enough. So so I will, I'm rooting for it. I'm going to be watching, obviously, uh, Sunday. Uh, we have a Saturday. A Saturday. That's because baseball moved to Sunday, where they were always playing Sunday. But anyway, um, softball, softball rearranged your schedule already. Just keep going. Just yeah. move on. Anyway, <laughs> I think we announced that. Did we not announce that yet? Uh, I'm not really sure. Okay, I'm not going to keep. You know what? Mammothhawks.com. Anyway, Saturday, great doubleheader. Uh, come this is, out. This is definitely happening. You can go. This is 100% happening. It's going to be a beautiful day out. Uh, come out. We got touch a truck. We've got... Uh, and there's like some ridiculous trucks. Kelly Valentine, our um, assistant AD for marketing, did a great job of getting uh, some ridiculous uh, trucks out there. Uh, and then there's an Easter egg hunt at halftime of the men's game. It's a doubleheader, men at 11, uh, the women at 2 o'clock. So definitely come out. Uh, but anyway, back to back to Tommy Gray. That was my little plug for the weekend. Um you know, one of the things that we like to, why we like to have guests on today uh, on this show is uh, we like to talk about off the field, right? Like we can go on social media and find what you guys do on the field, but off the field, you know, we're kind of looking for somebody on the, on the team with a really good story or, or doing a cool internship or whatever. And, and uh, coach Fisher had mentioned that you had had a, an, an NFL opportunity uh, this year. What um what what's your major and and why were, did you get kind of into how did you get into working with the New York Giants? So um I think it was two years ago at the Mammoth Career Fair they had a guy from the Giants there and it was during COVID so um it was through Zoom so everybody just kind of joined a Zoom room and just kind of chatted for a little bit and I guess I just annoyed him through emailing enough that I got an opportunity to talk to somebody else and then I guess I annoyed them enough to talk to somebody else. And then I just kind of worked my way up the chain until finally I had a Zoom call with um, one of the heads of the Partnership and Activation Department. And she said if there was ever an internship opportunity with the Giants that I'd have, uh, you know, that like I'd be one of the names that she'd throw in the hat for it. So um, when this fall rolled around, I got an email and they were like, hey, would you like to be a game day intern? And like, I don't even think I took like a couple minutes to decide <laughs> whether that worked or anything. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll 100% do that. So um my first day, and this is the funny story I like to tell, is my uh, first day, I drove up, and I told the security guard, I think I work here, and he was like, okay, you're good, and I was like, okay, that worked, so I got all the way up to the training facility, and then, like, I didn't have a key card, so, like, I knocked on the training facility door, and they were like, are you, like, can we help you, and I was like, I think I work here, and they were like, oh, are you one of the new interns, I was like, yes, yes, that's me, so... <laughs> I think, like, for years to come, I think I'm just going to tell the security guards I think I work here and yeah. just see how far see that how far gets. See how far that gets. See, see how far that gets me. Which um, is funny because the Eagles had a player who couldn't even get through the security yeah, this yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so that, that was a really cool experience. And every game day I got to go up there and I uh, was in charge of giving out the tickets to the, uh, the family members of the players. So before every game, and you'd be surprised how much the players actually look like their family members. And I didn't want to be, you know, when you see it, giant you know dad walk in i'm like you're probably a d lineman's dad or o lineman's dad so you know when they when they walk up it would be really cool to you know see like saquon's parents and stuff like that and you know get to meet them and you know talk to them every game day so that was it was a really cool experience and uh, once i was done with the tickets i got to go up into the suite and watch the game and still got paid to do it so that was 
probably like, and I would talk to the other interns about this. I was like, this is probably the best job I'll ever have. And I'm 22. So this, I kind of peaked already. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, talking to, you know, in the stands or in the suite to people who I don't think I'd be talking to ever. Like Eli Manning was like, Hey, can you pass me a hot dog? And I was like, (laughs) sure. (laughs) So I I don't think I'll ever be in a situation to pass Eli Manning food ever again. (laughs) That's really awesome. Do you have an opportunity? Um, to kind of continue or have you kept up kind of ties with, with people in the organization? So, uh, I had a great, you know, a relationship with a bunch of the people in that department there and, um, they don't do summer internships just like strictly for the summer. Cause obviously I mean like there's main seasons, the fall and winter. So mm-hmm. they said next year again, and I can do a game day internship again with them. And then, you know, once I'm done with school, then maybe I could get like a full year internship with them. And, um, yeah, that'd be a dream come true because growing up in Monmouth County, I've been a huge Giants fan my whole life. So it's True. crazy to say, I'd, you know, get to, you know, say I worked there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. What, what um, take people through, I guess, what that department does um, you know, as a whole, the partnership activation and, and, and all that. So um, I obviously didn't get to do too much of the technical side of that stuff. But uh, little things that you don't really think about, like one of the days I had to bring over a um, like jumbo sized check for the um for a cancer survivor to her foundation but i had to walk through all the tailgates to the stadium (laughs) so i had like a ten thousand dollar check in my hand and walking through you know a bunch of you know intoxicated tailgaters so i got i i i I, I wasn't exactly feeling the safest in the world with a ten thousand dollar check in my hand but um once they saw it was pink i think they all kind of backed off (laughs) yeah plus i don't think you can bring that to any bank yeah exactly Uh, happy gilmore Gilmore had all the bitches (laughs) that's a good point that's a good point (laughs) that is a really good this is two weeks in a row we had a uh adam sandler uh yeah i mean uh, that's what i'm here for that kind of was the first thing that i thought of when i had to do that (laughs) walking across a giant check yeah (laughs) that that's awesome uh so you know back to lacrosse kind of kind of stuff uh what would you say the best part of your game is you know we asked you about who's the heart but like what what part of your game do you you think is the best is it checking is it you know ground ball tenacity you know just one-on-one marking up whatever um for me i i mean i enjoy contact so i feel like if i can you know hit somebody early and kind of spark the team i feel like that's where i serve best and then I feel like, you know, before the game, I take it upon myself to make sure everybody's kind of hyped up. And, you know, a couple of games, I think I've gone a little too far. I've been sweating a little too much in pregame. But, um, yeah, I think it, it's it's definitely the biggest part that I emphasize is trying to bring that energy every play. And, I mean, it's, it's easy to do that when you know you have so many great kids around you, like Quig and Morris and, you know, Miles, he's a freshman defender, and a lot of the other great defenders on the team and it's really nice knowing you have that security blanket like if i screw up i know scooter's got my back or something like that and it's it's nice being able to play with those types of guys what kind of i mean do you guys ever talk about this is a weird question to ask somebody who's not done playing yet but like do you ever think about like when you're back there in your defensive unit and you're looking around and you're like man like these are my guys mm-hmm. and like they're gonna be my like they're going to be my guys for like ever. Mm-hmm. You're, you're tied to this team forever. Mm-hmm. Have you have you guys talked to any of the team like Coach Fisher's? As we talked about at the top top of the show about you know giving back or whatever. But he, a lot of kids come back. A lot of, a lot of guys come back, and the program's only nine years old, so mm-hmm. it's not even like I mean the oldest alum is thirty years old or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you ever talk to like some of the older guys about like do you still keep in touch w- with your teammates? Um, so I know like our 
new assistant this year, Nick Horeshko. He was on the first Mac team ever. So, I mean, he's, he has tons of stories about, you know, still seeing his guys. And when we have the alumni game, we see all, you know, all the old buddies. And that's kind of the coolest thing is being able to see them be adults, if that makes any sense. And just, <laughs> and being able, and being able to see guys that, you know, you used to be in a locker room with now have full-time jobs. And it's something that, you know, it's weird to look at, but it also puts a bigger emphasis on being like, enjoy this time while you have it, you know, enjoy the stretching lines, talking with the guys, enjoy the locker room, try to make as like many memories as possible while you're on a lacrosse field. Yeah, absolutely. What, uh, uh sorry. Go ahead. Uh, one thing I kind of talked so I kind of talked with Coach Fisher about Nick having him back on mm. on staff just in the hallway one day and, and and I asked him about like defense or whatever and um, he said that he, even though he you know Nick was a, a goalie mm. uh, he probably knows the defense as well as almost anybody and he could coach defense as well as anybody has he helped out you know with you guys on the defensive end and not just you know, in between the pipes? I think it's good because sometimes, you know, if Coach Geeson's coaching somebody else, it's good to have another set of eyes on something. So sometimes, like, Coach Geeson obviously can't see everything that happens on the field. So when, you know, Coach Reshko points something out, it's like, oh, hey, I didn't I didn't really see that. Like, thank you. Like, it's good to have that, you know, input. And also to have that input from a guy, you know, like relatively in the same ballpark age-wise is good because mm-hmm. you kind of can see it from somebody, you know, who's just played's perspective. So it's – it's and also from a goalie's perspective where he's – He's seeing things like, oh, like that's a shot I wouldn't like to see, and you know stuff like that. And it's, it's good to have that perspective on defense. We we have, um, I think we, and I know Coach Fisher. I think is heavily involved with the goaltenders, but um, we always seem to have like a really good goalie, mm-hmm. uh, just a guy who kind of stay and like stands on his head, and, and when whether it's Nick or No or whoever, mm-hmm. um, how close do you need to be with, with your goalie? Um, as a defender, in every sport that has a goalie, the defense is close with the goalie. Like, it's a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but how, how close do you specifically feel? So, Andy, our current goalie, Andy Coleman, he was my um, he was my recruit. So, when he came here on his recruiting visit, he was he was my recruit. So, I was in charge of making sure that he didn't get too, you know, banged up. or he <laughs> I made sure I got him home in one piece. Made, so, made sure that he went and had a nice time yes, being exactly. v- respectful exactly. and sober. Nice, and nice exactly. meal. Exactly. Nice meal and exactly. met all the academic requirements. Exactly, exactly. All right. So, um, made sure that he, you know, he went to the library and saw all that stuff. So, yes. Google. um, uh, I'm definitely close with Andy and it's definitely nice to see him mature and kind of see him sit behind Lodi for the past couple of years and now get the opportunity to play. And it's, you saw it right from the get go that he was excited and he was happy to be here. And it's nice to see somebody, you know, earn their time and, you know, you know, wait their time and be nothing but a positive teammate while he mm-hmm. had, was behind Lodi and now have his opportunity to flourish. And it's, it's really cool to see him play well. Yeah, absolutely. One, I guess, to bring it all full circle, and we, we've talked about a lot of different things, um, but reminiscing as we've been sitting here been thinking about the teams that we had that were really good, mm. um, our first MAC championship team uh, with with those guys and Bryce Wasserman, how much of that played into your um, recruitment here at Monmouth? I mean, obviously you talked about staying home and, and being a Monmouth County guy and, and a shore guy, but how much of that was like, hey, you know, these teams are they're really good. They're winning championships, and you know Bryce Wasserman went on to play mm-hmm. professionally, and, and et cetera, et cetera. How much of that played into you know how much did you follow those teams, and and how much of that played into you ending up here? So growing up, obviously, I the program was wasn't around for me for most of my life, and then once they started the program, I obviously took interest in it. And um, one of the old assistants here is no longer with us at the school here. Not passed away. No, just no longer with us. At school here. <laughs> he, um, he, uh, was my summer coach. So, and he was Connor and I's summer coach. So 
we kind of got to know Mammoth a little bit more through the eyes of somebody who worked here and it's somebody who coached here. So, you know, one day he kind of, you know, approached me was like, you want to come for a visit? Like the second I was available to. So, you know, I came and I was, um, I was blown away by the facilities and everything like that. And obviously I started following the program a little bit more when I started getting recruited by here a little bit more and coming to games and kind of seeing the, you know, the family aspect and seeing, you know, how hard they played. And that was like the biggest thing for me was, you know, they might not be, well, at the time they weren't, you know, the most skilled team in the world. It was more just a bunch of, you know, athletes going out there and grinding for every play. So that was something really cool. And it's something I kind of resonated towards and something that I was, you know, happy and wanted to be a part of. Yeah, it seems like uh, all of Coach Fisher's teams kind of have an identity of just we're going to grind mm-hmm. and we're going to work as hard as we possibly can. And mm-hmm. I, I think that has paid off in a lot of wins. I mean, t- first eight years of a program to go to the NCAAs twice, I think, yeah. is, is is pretty good. And um, obviously being in the CAA, the, the program's only on the rise, in my opinion. Um, all right, so we got to get you out. We, we promised we're, we're working on 36 minutes. We promised to get you out of here so you're not leaving for practice. I'll get yelled at. Okay. So we're, <laughs> we're going to wrap up in the in the next four minutes with some like more kind of fun questions. Okay. So, Gary, you can lead off because I usually lead off. So why don't, why don't you lead off with, with something? It's getting to know Tommy Gray. Uh, I kind of want to bring this into it to the Giants because I feel mm. like I have an opportunity here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll just be quiet. Um, what was uh, what was a highlight of the best home game you maybe worked last year? Um, whether it was a, whether it was a win or like a like Eagles an experience game. like you just um, you I'd mentioned pro- with Eli or anything like that. I'd probably say the first time I was on the field. So before or after we were done giving out the tickets, and before we went up to the suite. We went on the field and made sure all the VIPs kind of stayed in their area and didn't, you know, wander too far onto the field or sideline. And being, you know, in that role and just being able to stand there and be like, I'm on the field at MetLife right before a game was one of the really cool things. And something I, of course, you know, made apparent to my friends that I got that opportunity. (laughs) um, Selfie. And was, yeah, exactly. And, um was pro- that was probably the coolest thing and just being on the field with those guys and just realizing that you know I am not 6-9 and can run a 4-2 and it was <laughs> <laughs> it was this kind of crazy being on the field and seeing guys that you know you see on TV just you know a couple feet from you was was really cool yeah no, no doubt that is an awesome experience uh i we'll get back to fun we'll, we'll, but what do you do you want to work in the NFL when you when when lacrosse is over whenever that is what do you want to do um when I'm done with sports, I'd probably say I want to continue in the sports field in some ma- in some area because it's kind of the one thing I focused on for most of my life. So it's something I kind of want. It's, it's something I want to stay with. You know, I've interned with some financial firms and I've sat in chairs and talked about stocks and bonds and all that good stuff. But I, you know, it's not something that I think appeals to me in the amount of sports do. I'd rather sit in an office and talk about sports all day. <laughs> I mean, well, you're talking, you're sitting in an office of people who have basically done the same thing, but, but that's good. Uh, you, you mentioned getting people hyped up before games. What, um, what music do you play to kind of get you juiced um, for a game? When I was a kid, for some reason, I loved DMX, and that's mm. not something that most kids listen to. So, like going to a, going to a youth tournament and just blasting DMX on my headphones. Sometimes other dads would kind of look at me like, "What's wrong with that kid?" But I'd probably say, I've, "Yeah, I'd probably stick towards either just like early two thousands rap or 
sometimes some EDM if I want to calm down a little bit. <laughs> you, you can't go. You can never go wrong with DMX. Getting Early two thousands rap did not see that coming. Yeah, yeah, no. This is this would be a good spot for uh, the previous co-host to. Uh, yeah, Eddie to would go in. nuts. <laughs> Eddie Eddie would go nuts just rattling through a thousand different early two thousands <laughs> raps. But um, yeah, you can't go uh, wrong with DMX. Is there do you is there a song? Do you listen to like it's dark and hell is hot or like. Or is it just any DMX from that era? I'll I mean, it's all pretty good. I'll kind of just put on like the DMX playlist on Spotify mm-hmm. and just see how far that takes me until I feel like I need something else. <laughs> I got you. That's good. That's good. So DMX, I love it. That that's that might be the best pregame that we've had. It's pretty good. It's pre- I mean, we, we good. that's a standard, pretty standard question we ask people, really just because I want to know. Um, but has anybody given you any weird answers, like anything? Mm, no, it's pretty much you'd expect current day rap, which okay. I can't. Didn't we have? Didn't we have somebody? Um, there could have been one before me that I missed, but was it the soccer guys? We we had somebody on that said they played some kind of weird song about a sea captain in the locker room. Oh, before. I know, I know the song you're talking. about. I don't know the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, it's, it's something like, sailor or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a weird like like electronica song about a sea captain and i'm like this is what you listen to as a team <laughs> to get you stuff maybe it was a women's soccer player i don't I don't remember but um that's probably the weirdest one i mean most people are you know are somewhere in like you know current hip-hop uh some old school like rock and roll which is good stuff the dmx is a good one mm-hmm. um yeah the the the, the sea sea captain song <laughs> It's straight, and I, wa- I I looked it up and watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is weird. I don't know if this would get me ready to do anything." But. Yeah, exactly. All of our athletes have played at a far higher level than I, level than I have. So what do I know? It's Whatever easy. I was listening to, Metallica and Tool wasn't getting it done for me to to play at Mount University. So, um, Tommy, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, don't miss this weekend. Uh, doubleheader: the men are first, eleven o'clock against Hofstra. Big time game, big time opponent, big time atmosphere. Uh, the crowds have been getting better and better. Uh, the Villanova crowd was awesome. Yeah, that was uh, a really cool experience. I knew a lot of people there. That was probably the most packed I've seen the stadium for a lacrosse game. Yeah, it, it was packed, and um, we, we, you know, I think I think people are gonna have to get used to that because we're not we're in a whole new league where lacrosse really, really does matter. And uh, love having you take a couple minutes with us, man. Uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck with the Giants. I can't believe I said that. Good luck with your job with the Giants. I hope they lose every game. But I hope you, you have a fruitful career. And, uh, you know, finish out the rest of the season, hoping that you guys make the, the CAA tournament. And then once you get in tournament play, you never know. I mean, I think our women's basketball team kind of proved that going in as the seventh seed and running it. Definitely, definitely. It's good to have them, you know, in our athletic department, knowing that, you know, if they just did that, we can do the same. Yeah, awesome. Tommy Gray, senior defenseman, Lincroft native, CBA guy. Maybe the most important thing is that one time had Steve Bazaz as his junior <laughs> junior year basketball or junior year uh, gym teacher. That's very important. All right, we'll be back. Couple messages. Gary and I are going to set you up for the weekend and, and wrap up Giving Day, which was just a, a marquee day for athletics. It's everybody's favorite time. First, everybody's favorite time of uh, the podcast, live read time. We're going to switch it up today. I'm going to do Edison HVAC. Edison Heating and Cooling provides full HVAC services to businesses and residents in Central Jersey. Visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today. Um, 
I don't even know what, if I was a heating unit, what I'd be doing because today it's cold and by Saturday it's going to be 71 degrees. Uh, but I do know this. At some point, you're going to have to get it serviced or it could just, it could just burn down your whole house. I don't even know if that's true. You are right. Extreme this week <laughs> on Edison Edison HVAC, by the way, is only sponsoring Mom. They're not sponsoring Greg. Uh, well, I'm just He's saying, not pocketing get, any money at No, I'm just yeah, no. I'm saying, you know, get your stuff checked. I'm I'm looking out for our listeners. I love our listeners. Uh numbers have never been better. I'm super appreciative of that. Uh and and you know, we have sponsors and that, that's one of them. You're gonna read our newest sponsor. Our newest sponsor, very excited about. I have a personal rooting interest. <laughs> sure, um, me too. Sponsor, but Tita Green, New Jersey's finest indoor golf training center and recreational facility, now open in West Long Branch. 12,000 square foot facility consists of eight TrackMan golf simulators, a huge short game area for putting, chipping, and pitching, lounges, a pro shop, and a custom fitting room. They also do club repairs, re-grips, and have regular on-site fittings with all of the top manufacturers. They're located at 185 Route 36 in the Monmouth Park Corporate Center in the same building as the Monmouth University Graduate Center that's right off the four-way intersection over by uh, by the Walgreens, right back by the, where the Kmart used to be, um, right in the back corner there. Great location. Visit them online at t2green.com. Follow on Instagram at t 2 green golf nj that's the number two so t number two green golf nj discounts available for the monmouth community golf season is upon us it is a couple days until april um courses were packed last weekend i was able to get out amongst our busy schedule finally was able to to play um i have a lot of work to do to to be in top form for the golf season but uh, i'll have to go over to td green and and uh and work on some things, so we're excited to have them as a uh, as a partner here, and uh, I'm excited for, as Greg knows, um, the heart of golf season is upon us. Yeah, I, we should go next week. Me and yeah, you. I'm in. Next uh, week, Masters week. What better week? <laughs> there is um, the one thing I'm going to say about Tita Green, right? Y- you could go to one of the competitors where you can go with a billion families, and they're just... I've I watched a guy throw a club two bays down the last time I was at uh, at one of the competitors, and they're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say their name. No. Lop Rolf. We were there, <laughs> so we threw a club. You're not getting that junk at Tita Green. It's like people there to learn golf, to get better, have fun. There's a ton of fun stuff. Um, the games on the TrackMan simulator, you don't have to play a chord. You don't have to work on your swing. You can play games. But the but the whole um, the whole idea behind it is awesome with the membership. And there's, like, a couple arcade games. So if you're taking a break and you want to play Golden Tee, um, you can even recreate. Like, I can recreate my, like, early early 20s where I, we would play some Golden Tee and just pound Miller Lights. Now, just make sure you take an Uber out of there. But, you know, every hitting bay has a little cooler in it where it fit probably 30 beers. You can, you know, f- comfortably fit five people in the bay. That's that's the max. You can order food in. They actually encourage to get some Uber Eats or deliver some pizzas or something. Definitely. Um, there's there's TVs on all over, which I'm sure this week will have tons of golf coverage, or next week we'll have tons of Masters coverage. Uh, and and the, you know what it is for me there? The, the people there, right? Like, so you show up at one of the competitors and it's like, I go to this one driving range by my house and there's this salty old guy behind the thing every time. And my son is 13 now and he's been playing, you know, golf. You know, you've played golf with him. He swings a club. I don't know if you call it playing golf. Usually loses interest by 
hole eight or he's mad. He hasn't quite understand that like most people stink at golf. Um, but every time we go, the guy's like, ah, oh, youngsters got to hit down on the side. I'm like, buddy, I come here once a week. Like, you, like I know we got to hit on the side. When you go into Tita Green, um, you're going to be met by friendly people who know a ton about golf. They don't, they have forgotten more about golf than I've ever even known. Uh, they have a full pro shop there. They do regripping. Um, I don't know. This ad has gone on very, very long, but it, I'm, I'm really, I'm like being passionate and, and I'm being honest about it. Like it's an awesome, awesome place. So if you play golf or if you want it, they do leagues, they do birthday parties. You're telling me about people who took Ubers from like Staten Island to come down and have like a birthday party there and like a group of like 10 guys. Uh, it's a really cool facility. So you, you definitely should get over there and check it out. Boom. Boom. Uh, Tommy Gray was awesome. Awesome. He, awesome. he was terrific. Uh, easy, easy to root for. Um, he's fun to watch, too. Fun to watch. Uh, works for the Giants, which I like. Uh, I watched him run a couple guys during Villanova. <laughs> I was like, all right. That's that's a young man to know his name. Our defenders, they play hard. We already know. Yeah. Season, gets it done. I, I really thought, that, oh, it wasn't Villanova. It was, it was um, what's it called? I saw him run. Uh, Stony Brook. I, I really thought they were going to win that Stony Brook game. Stony Brook just kind of gutted out, but it's a good lesson for a team that yep. that's got some young guys. Like, if you don't play four quarters in this league, you're, you're going to come up with some L's. And we watched our basketball teams have that happen to them. We certainly watched football have that happen to them. You know, if you don't play the full sixty minutes, forty minutes, whatever the t- game time is, you can come up with with a loss against some some of these really talented CAA teams. Um, we have gone. We're it's fifty minutes into the show here. Have barely gotten into giving days, which is a major upset if you had the over. Congratulations. <laughs> well, well, here's the deal. We 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 sandwiched Tommy in here. He had I, he had class. Regardless, came over here. Regardless. Then he had. Well, what was I going to do? We had to talk to him. I just. I love giving days. I know you do. Giving days. <laughs> Greggy giving days. Greggy giving days. That's what they call me around here on this. Massive, team. massive success. Massive for athletics. Success. Over one hundred ninety thousand dollars raised. Um, football. Eight hundred gifts. Excellent job. Football. Um, I I think um you know we 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 had all of our teams and our alumni and we were posting them, um on Instagram as they were giving the the program alums the student athlete alumni, um, and without any real numbers or facts to base this on, um football alumni giving was through the roof. Two hundred forty seven gifts. Um I think, um men's across. Young alumni, they don't have as many. Crazy. Very good. Great numbers. Um, Monmouth Baseball, as always, a lot of alumni gifts. Coach Hall's been here for 30 years. A lot of these guys played for They always step up. Um, So lots of alums from the baseball program able to give back. Um, Just a successful couple days, and it's nice to see the local community rally around our student-athletes. And like we talk about, yes, there were some very, very generous gifts given. But if you can throw twenty, thirty three dollars to get your socks, yeah, those add up, and you know you get a couple hundred people giving thirty three bucks, and boom, now we're at this big number. Yeah, no, it was awesome. the the The, the pride I think people have in being a, a Mammoth alum and a Mammoth athlete really shows on those giving days. And there are some people who aren't alums that gave, and and we're just thankful for all of it. You know, we we try to put a personal touch on it. Our coaches try. Many of our coaches try to put a personal touch on it. Uh, I know I was texting as many people as I could to say thank you. 
Uh, we're putting up pictures for, for a lot of our programs that the coaches felt like that was appropriate. Uh, I still have 18 more football guys. Some guys I just can't find pictures of. I know we have them. I have a couple of baseball guys as well. Yeah, so I'm gonna. Uh, that's going to be my afternoon project today. I hope we have that like wrapped up and put to bed, and that'll be the end of giving days for this year. And then before we know it, we'll be on 2024. But... Uh, you know, Ken Taylor and Benny Kanzler and, and you guys in the communications office uh, just did an awesome job putting that stuff together and, and working on these people and uh, shooting videos and the thank view system. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to get some digital payment options because we know people want to Venmo and Apple Pay and all that. So uh, that's definitely something we're talking about. But I uh, just want to say a thank you to, to all the donors. I mean, trustees come out and give and those are people who give you know all year long you know every time the university has something you know they're they're being generous with their money so for them to do that on giving day just just really means a lot to everybody and and the student athletes know and uh really goes to enhance our programs and 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 do little things for our student athletes that uh make the difference or or maybe just push monmouth over the edge so uh almost two hundred thousand dollars you know you know next year we're, we're not this year we went from 128,000 to 191,000. Uh, next year we're going to have, you know, we surpassed our, uh, you know, we put a pretty lofty goal on it and we surpassed that. So there's no reason not to just keep this thing going until next year. So uh, women's basketball did a really nice job that we had, you know, some parents that really stepped up there and gave some money. Same thing with softball, women's lacrosse, uh, really overall. Uh, the one thing that I, I'm personally proud of, and I didn't really even have that much to do with it, uh, is that this is the first year that we had a Mammoth Digital Network? Uh, so you know that that's all of the the, fo- the photo and the video and um, you know all the communications efforts that goes on. You know that is the Mammoth Digital Network. And somebody had mentioned to us like a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year during Giving Day. Like I, I want to give back to that. Like I, I was a I was a student here that worked with you guys, and you kind of helped launch our career. Or, you know we don't really do much, but just give them the the outlet and yell at them when they do something wrong now i'm just kidding um so we, we you know we opened that up and and you know a lot of, we hire a lot of student athletes and we were very transparent saying like if you're a student athlete you should give back to your program uh before you give back to us and lo and behold i turn around and look and there's 50 donors that was like ninth out of everything on campus that's everything every sport every everything every department you know business school this school that school Ninth, we have so, awesome people, and it's been we predates the Monmouth Digital Network, right? The Monmouth Digital Network wasn't created until we were an ESPN entity in 2014, I believe. Before that, it was it was Hawk Vision, Hawk Vision, and that's what I was a student for, and a lot of my peers in school um, were able to still give back, even though you know they they predated that. Um, but it's just a, it's been an awesome group, and Andrew Kurtz kind of headlined. Um, he did a nice giving show. days and he did a great job and um and toner who works with a- andrew and uh his you know her parents gave a lead gift which was really really generous it's it's awesome to see it's awesome to see the the buy-in and um why our broadcasts are the best in the ca it's no secret um i was with uh some people this week from uh i won't name where but from a, a different institution talking about uh how they had to watch a, a game in the CAA, and, and they were not impressed by the broadcast. And uh, and I told them that will not happen when uh, you watch a Monmouth game because we do the best job, and, and people giving back on giving day continues that um, ability for us to, to continue to knock out um, awesome broadcasts. So 
excited about that. Um, giving days was um, was a, was a home run, and I was uh, a small part of it, but I was excited to see how many people get back. Awesome. It, w- it was really great, so thank you to everybody. Just want to pivot real quick. Uh, last night, we had our first um, first ever NIL speaker series, uh, which was uh, a four-person panel emceed by Keith McPherson, former uh, Monmouth University student, former Monmouth University athlete, currently on WFAN overnights or nights. Um, that was a pretty awesome event, and that was put, you know, Next Level Holdings, which is a company uh, run by Cliff Rowley and, and a couple other guys. Uh, I think, you know, old, I don't say old coach, Coach Compagni, comma, old Monmouth track and field coach. Uh, he, um, you know, he has something to do with that, and he's got some partners, and they came in and, and did it at about an hour and 15 minutes, all, all told, uh, event last night for about 60 of our student athletes. It was tough. I picked a bad night because of classes, but it turned out to be awesome um, because we had 60 student athletes there that were completely uh, locked in and listening to four experts in the area of NIL. Uh, You know, everything was covered from finance and taxes to um, equations on, on what your social media numbers can, can demand in a marketplace in terms of payment. Uh, there was a lawyer there um, who did a really, really nice job in explaining some of the laws and how New Jersey laws haven't come into effect yet. Uh, and, and of course, um, there was somebody there to talk about collectives and really a branding expert and, and somebody who's part of Next Level Holdings who's really kind of uh, taking that to, to the next level. Uh, so we had four speakers and an and, and MC, and I thought it was just an awesome event and just we're already talking today about retooling it for, for the summertime to, to get some more athletes in there. And um, I thought it was just a really, really special event to have on this campus. No, it was great to get these kids informed. NIL is a new thing to all of us. Um, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of confusion. And I think everything was kind of brought together last night. And our, our student athletes received some really good info. I received some really good info about um, you know the process and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, NIL is here. It's not going anywhere, and it's a, a part of college athletics. And I think we need to um, you know, adapt and make sure our kids are fully informed on what they're getting themselves into. Um, but I think it's a really good um, tool, and I think it was a good opportunity last night from all aspects. It's not. It was not just like here's how you sell yourself to a business. It was when you do that. Here's the legal challenges. Here's how you should put your money away. Here's how you should. Um, you know, financially plan if you are making significant money off of NIL instead of just going out and spending it as you as you make it, um, and all kinds of education for our um, our student athletes who I hope get every NIL deal they possibly can and make as much as they can. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't want to leave out Northwestern Mutual was the presenting sponsor. Uh, the cool thing about having Northwestern Mutual there is not only did their their panel speaker talk about uh, you know saving and different types of saving and we had a student athlete ask about a Roth IRA and how do you put a, put a money away from there and liquidity and all this crazy stuff that like I wish somebody told me when I was 19 or 20 years old. Uh, but they also had a whole setup outside where they, they hire. I didn't know this one in five. Now it sounds like a pitch for them, but one in five student one in five uh, full time workers at Northwestern Mutual is a former student athlete. Um, that, that's a crazy number. They love hiring college athletes and they have a whole empowering, uh, women in the workplace, uh, program, which is really awesome. You know, as a father of two, two women, two girls, they're not women, 
two girls like that means a lot to me so it was just an awesome night and um really excited to bring that back around for our student athletes because it's just another thing you know when when you hear that this nil speaker series which is trademarked uh is going on at other schools just like when other people are like oh we do espn too um you know it started here you know it, it started here and i'm really proud that that we we were able to get that thing off the ground and had such a great turnout no doubt it's awesome and important a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Check MamaTalks.com. We might have to shift some games around, some of our home games around due to weather. Um, but I do know one thing. It's going to be beautiful on Saturday. So head up here for the doubleheader lacrosse game. Uh, touch a truck event. Fan, it's actually called Family Day. Uh, Easter egg hunt at halftime. I think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, and then watch the Hawks uh, play too, as they say. Uh, Gary, episode 48 in the books. Um, or is this 47? I think it's 48. Uh, so I only have a couple more weeks to find we only have a couple more weeks to find a, a splash guest for number 50, but um, we'll figure it out. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you to Tommy Gray for taking some time. Thank you to our our, our sponsors, uh, RWJ Barnabas, Edison Heating Cooling, and Tita Green and uh, hey listen we'll be back next week uh, like subscribe share this thing on social media it'll be all over and um, we'll talk soon this has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.